Hey, hey, everyone, how are you? Welcome to Talk Back Weeknights. Today is the 31st of March, and it's a Thursday, and we're really happy to have you here with us to join us tonight. Um, it's the last day of March, and uh, always a cause for celebration as the year moves along. And tonight we have a beautiful guest. Her name is um, Carrie Brightwell. She's a UK expat and she's based in Kopenyang, Thailand. She is an artist, a Mandela artist, and she has lots of other associated skills to help people with their healing and their health and well-being and all that type of cool stuff to keep people centered and well. And uh, I'm going to bring her in in just a second. But first of all, I want to invite you to um, associate your... your um, enthusiasm and bring your enthusiasm and your uh, inputs tonight ask questions you know even click the link and i can bring you into the chat and you can get rid of me and then you can interview carrie if you like just go for gold yeah so uh let's bring her on just a second so look out for the link in the chat and um yeah just bring the love okay cool Oh, Carrie! Hi. Hey. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. It's beautiful to see Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, gosh, you're in Kopenyang, beautiful, stunning, epic Thailand, one of the most beautiful countries in the world. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, and uh, just got back from Kopenyang. I did a little bit of a tour these last uh, this last week, so I've, I've been. Well, I would say I was on holiday, but I wasn't. I was fighting <laughs> yeah so yeah. i just got back myself yeah you were in a fight you weren't in yeah. a street fight you were in a uh how do you say it Myol, Myol thai. <laughs> muay thai muay thai, muay thai. yeah yeah, yeah. you were on a trial with like guys Boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was baptism of fire. So I've been training Muay Thai for um, a year now, and uh, Muay Thai is. Everyone says, "What is Muay Thai?" It's, it's it's not kickboxing. It's it's worse than that. This is the way I describe it. It's actually the most brutal combat sport that there is because you have fists, you have elbows, you have knees, you have kicks, you have everything. Um, and so I've been training for a year, and I, I really put myself out of the comfort zone. And I went for my first fight this weekend uh, in the island of Kalanta. And um, yeah, I was the only Westerner. I was the only Farang to fight that night. And so I was on a poster. I was on a poster with, uh, um, I don't know, about 10 other Thai fighters. So yeah, it was quite an achievement. It was definitely an experience. Definitely. Well, we are. <laughs> and that's why you can see my black eyes. So I have got makeup on. I tried my hardest for you all to, to disguise it, but it's just not happening. Um, so yeah, I do have a black eye, but she looks a lot worse. <laughs> I don't think that's a good thing. I mean, oh, you're sure. your um, opponent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm not actually a violent person, believe it or not. But uh, it's the art and the skill of Muay Thai that attracts me, not the the violence of fighting. Definitely not, because Muay Thai is actually probably my biggest spiritual teacher that I have right now. Um, and I'm I'm in it for the spiritual journey. I'm in it for the connecting to Thailand, connecting to the Thai, to the Thai culture. Uh, showing respect to Thailand um, by learning the, one of the biggest things that they that they have and that they they use. Um, so that's why I'm there, and why not go to the pinnacle and actually fight? <laughs> 
So yeah, that's why I did it. Wow, that's really mm. impressive. Did you have to train yeah. quite intensely? Yeah, I mean, normally when you have a fight coming up, you would train uh, every day, at least every day for a month, twice a day, and each training session would be about two hours. So you, you, when you're training for a fight, you literally sleep, you train, you, you eat, you sleep, you train, you eat, you sleep. That's all you do. Uh, I had four days notice for my fight, so I didn't have the time to do that. Uh, but I did train every day, at least for, I would say, a month. Yeah, but only once a day. And like yeah. the climate, the climate in yeah. is always stunning. Um, I think yeah. I recall in March there wasn't much rain, but other times of the year there are mega thunderstorms and lots of yeah rain. it's all warm and muggy and sunny again but um yeah there's something about the weather that just keeps you sort of motivated and fit you can you know you just sort of um i don't know i mean the, the heat is really quite unbearable at times especially when well, when you're training but i've said if i if i can do a two-hour training session in the middle of summer in thailand then i'm a i'm acclimatized to the most insane conditions so i can train anywhere right and right now it's stupid hot and we only have two seasons we have really hot and we have wet that's it <laughs> so uh, we're in the really hot stage at the moment um but i mean what is good is is just the vitality that you get from the continuous sunshine the freedom of being able to go outside without having to put on all the clothes and you know the coats and hats and scarves and everything and you've got constant access to fresh fruit and vegetables you know from your garden and everything so that that part of it is really good Oh, that's cool. So you live in an mm. actual house or you're in like an apartment complex? or uh, I, I have a house, yeah. I mean, a lot of people will live in resorts, but I, I have a house because I've been here for so long. I've been here for three years. Um, yeah, it's a little little Thai wooden stroke concrete house. So I've got half and half. Uh, I love it. And my door opens out into a coconut grove. And yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, that sounds stunning. Yeah. And there's, so yeah. many, um, there's some amazing... Um, bird life in Thailand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if anyone is following me on Instagram, oh my god, you, you get you get um, an insight into my jungle life because I actually live in the middle of the jungle. So I get snakes. I had the other day. I had a tarantula in my kit bag. I emptied my kit bag and this tarantula fell out. Um, I, I get ants. I get all sorts of spiders, lizards, geckos, monitor lizards. I get everything. So yeah, <laughs> follow me on Instagram for a, for a slice of what life is like in, in Thailand. <laughs> we'll definitely put that link in soon. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Have you? Um, how do you feel about like snakes in the in the garden there? Uh, I mean, we do get cobras, and I have seen a cobra. Uh, I was training at my uh, my trainer's house, and one just decided to come and join us. That was a little bit scary. I don't like snakes particularly, but I've got used to them. The The worst scenario I had when I woke up with a python next to my head. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I lived in a little bungalow. This was a wooden bungalow uh, on the rocks right over the sea. Literally, the, the, the waves would come in under my bungalow. <clears throat> and one day, this python, it was a baby python. And uh, it was about, oh, it must have been over two meters long. And it was just rolling around next to my head. And if it hadn't been for the mosquito net that was over me, yeah. I don't know where it would have gone. <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, yeah. So that that was uh, that was have that was you, the hard part. 
Oh, someone's saying Sandra. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> my, experience, my experience with real life snakes um, twice, and this was my from my time in Australia, two separate occasions. Um, yeah. You know, uh, tiger snakes or brown snakes in Australia. They have, uh, a lot of people just have them as pets, one or the other. Mm. Mm. We're at a party. Mm -mm. This was many, many, many years ago. We were at a party, and this guy had a pet snake, and he just. He was just handing around to people, oh, yes, you can hold it. So it comes up here, through here, curls yeah. through. Like he had much longer hair at the time. And, yeah, yeah. it was just like, okay, just relax. <laughs> yeah. Relax with it uh, curl around your arm and then just pass it back. Yeah, I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those. No, they're not my favorite. But at least now I, I don't run. I don't run if I see one, whereas I used to. Not, you know, don't think it would be my um, choice of <laughs> No, definitely not mine. Yeah, far out. So you've got so much going on, and you've lived there yeah. for a few years now. I've got to yeah. ask. Mm -hmm. I've got to ask this um, this question. Have you been? You'll know what I mean by this. Have okay. You, have you been to the beach? Yes, I have. I have. <laughs> I, I have visited PP Island. In fact, I was right next to PP Island this weekend when I went to the fight because Kailanto is next to PP Island. I could see it, I think, because we went uh, up on this viewpoint. But I have been there many years ago when I traveled Thailand before. Uh, when I was younger, um, I visited. Yeah. And when you said the beach, I was like, does she mean the full moon party beach? Or does, oh, no, no, the film. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, you know, the, the beach as in Leo DiCaprio film. Yeah. yeah I, I went there and um, yeah, got, got the boat there early. Got there early, so there weren't many people. Mm. Um, but within, like, an hour, so many more boats arrived. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah and so uh, I think it's cl it closed for a few years, did it not? Like because there was just mm. too much pollution or just too many people coming to it. So yeah, I mean, I, I imagine it would have done. When I was there, it would, like you say, it's incredibly busy and it wasn't the pristine beach that you imagine, it, you know, no. because it's not because it's so popular, right? And uh, I think it's important that they preserve everything. And you will get areas of the country that they do close off for reasons like that. Yeah, that's good. Mm. I mean, there's just so much, there's so much variety there and it's just like, you know, a boat ride to get, a, get about to another island. So anyway, let's just... Yeah. Let's jump into your um, Mandela art. And yeah. You're an artist and you help people by um, expressing their concerns or worries or how they would like to heal through this practice of um, the artworks. Yeah, I'll let you take it away. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> So I use mandalas, I use the, the mandala art as just one way of being able to connect to the self. Because what I really do is I simplify spirituality for everybody. So I help people understand the concept of spirituality and to take certain practices and apply them in their life so that they can connect to themselves so that they can get a bigger sense of who they are and a sense of purpose and to increase their sense of happiness. And the mandala art is just one way that I um, support and guide and initiate that with people. But mandalas themselves are, they are a huge healing tool. Mandalas themselves help people heal, but the way that I work with the mandalas as well is uh, I infuse the mandalas with Reiki healing because I'm a, an 18th degree Grandmaster Reiki healer as well. So I work with a variety of Reiki energies up to 18. 
And so I enable people to work through their emotional blocks, work through um, any challenges that they have in life. I help them to really understand who they are and connect to themselves through working with the Reiki energy, but also working with the sacred geometry that is held within the mandalas. And we do this by drawing, by coloring, by gazing, and just understanding the impact that sacred geometry can have on the mind and the body in terms of rejuvenation and revitalization. So there's a lot. The mandalas aren't just pretty pictures. They 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 actually heal the mind and they heal the body. When you, I can see you've got a wonderful mandala behind you. Um, I mean, I could talk a lot about that as well. But uh, when you think about what a mandala is, mandala is, uh, the, they are the language of the universe. So when you go to school, you're taught English or whatever language. You are not taught the real language of the universe, which is mathematics. It's quantum physics. And when you see all of this in physical form, electromagnetism, it looks like a mandala. And we have a huge spectrum of electromagnetism that we are surrounded by. We see light, we see some rays, we don't see all of them. We see color. But also on this spectrum uh, of electromagnetism are these waves that come into the universe. And as these waves come into the universe, they, they cross. And where they cross these lines, they create shapes. And these shapes are known as sacred geometry. And it's like one of the shapes is like a, a note from a song, right? It's like one musical note. And when you put lots of musical notes together, you create a tune. And it's like with shapes. When you put lots of these sacred geometric shapes together, you create a mandala, uh, maybe like this one, for example. And when you create these these mandalas, this this melody, this blending of shapes, what you do is you create a resonance. So like each tune or each note, sorry, each note that you play on a musical instrument, it creates a frequency of a certain vibration. And as I say, when you put lots of those vibrations together, you create this resonance, this melody that gives off a, a, a frequency or gives off this, this uh, energetic property. And it's the mm-hmm. same with the shapes. So it depends on, I love that, it depends on what shapes you've brought together as to what vibrations this mandala then gives off, as to what energy it's emitting into its environment. Mm-hmm. And then we receive that energy, that, that resonance. Our eyes will pick up the resonance given off by the shapes. This information that our eyes receive stimulates our pineal gland, which sits in the center of our head. And that pineal gland is then, uh, it's told to stimulate the hypothalamus. And then the hypothalamus will release certain brain chemicals called neurotransmitters, uh, sorry, neuropeptides. And those neuropeptides will then flood the mind and flood the body. And it's those chemicals that actually cause the mind and the body to start to heal, to rejuvenate, to repair. So mandalas, they are a language that our subconscious and our pineal glands actually recognize, even though our conscious minds do not. That's very in-depth. And I'm very impressed and... Wow. That's not that's, that's that's it in the nutshell. That's it in the simple thought form. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Where does this originate from? 
When you say this, what do you mean by this? Um, this Mandela um, system and belief, and um, I guess I don't want to call it a trend, but it's it's sort of like it's some um, it's it's not something too mainstream, but in yeah. some circles they would have all heard of it. But I mean, uh, for me, uh, I've done coloring for mindfulness. I yes, my mind is too busy. I've had enough <clears> of <throat> everyone and everything. And I just want to hide away and I just want to play with my pens and paper and write yeah. or color in and just get lost in that. I had this yeah. beautiful book of, um, uh, was it Japanese? Mm-hmm. And yeah, just coloring, even if it was just like little flowers or buildings and signs and yeah, just a real escape. So yeah, I think your stuff could probably help me too. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a few things there that I'll, I'll respond to. The first one is, well, where, do this, where does this originate? I mean, mandalas themselves, they are the beginning of creation, just by naturally what they are. The, the, it's the electromagnetism coming into our universe. And it's this mathematics, it's these shapes that actually create everything. And we actually end up breathing all of this in. I'm going off on a tangent now. But if, if you've heard of your chakras, Okay, uh, people might have heard of these energy vortexes called chakras. If you could see your chakras, they are a mandala. They, they, they look like a mandala, that's what they are. They're energy vortexes. And the way that we bring this universal, um, the, the, the cosmos, the life force that brings us life, if we, the way we gain that is by breathing the electromagnetism in through our nose. We breathe in prana, we breathe in energy, we breathe in whatever you want to call it, okay? So where do mandalas originate from? They originate from the beginning of time and beyond, all right? In terms of using mandalas as a practice, well, they've been used for eons by many yogis and sages and cultures. You see that, and you've got the mandala behind you there. That will have been painted, that will have, will have been painted by, I don't know, some kind of monk or a yogi or something. And there's actually a, a bird's eye view of a stupa um, that looks in the directions of north, south, east, and west. So this the mandala that you're looking at there has a slightly different meaning to the type of mandalas that I'm talking about, but it all talks about the use of sacred geometry. Don't know how far to take this because I mean, I, again, I could go off down this route. I could go off down this route, but let's go to the coloring. Um, in terms of the coloring, so the reason why you feel good when you're coloring in these shapes is because of what I've just said, right? Each shape will give off a vibration, and your pineal gland recognizes this vibration as language, and it produces the brain chemicals, the neuropeptides that I talked about. And as these brain chemicals flood your mind and your body, it literally changes the, the environment, the whole environment of which your body and your mind then sits in. These chemicals flood down to every single cell that you have, and it heals your mind and your body all the way down to the DNA level. It helps you to reduce stress. It helps you to reduce anxiety. It helps you to increase a sense of peace and calm and vitality. It helps you to become more creative. I mean, I could go on, the list is endless, but it's all because you are working with something that is sacred, the sacred shapes of the universe. And, um, well, I find when I can concentrate, 
when I'm in that zone and can concentrate like creatively, it's it's amazing because when you yeah. get to space, yeah, you're like, yeah, I'm there. I'm, I can concentrate. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. Um, you get yeah. into that sense of flow, right? Yeah, that, that's that's what people mean when they talk about flow. It's wow. you are completely connected, and. <clears throat> So we're going to, I'm going to go on to uh, meditation now because what you're doing when you're coloring, and this is why oh, I create. One, we just have one question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is from Sandra. Where can we get some of these to color? Do we choose what we want to work on for our body? Okay, so where do you get these to color? I mean, you can go on the internet and you can download any coloring mandala and print it off and color it. Ha ha ha, thanks for the question. Um, because I'm actually giving you like today, uh, one of the links that are gonna be shared with you is um, I'm giving some, I, I, I give free Reiki infused coloring mandalas. So you can use one of these that I have created for myself. So everything that I draw is, um, is hand drawn, free hand drawn by me. And what I do is I work with um, what are called orbs of life or culpas. They're based on an Ind Indonesian form of magic called culpas. And I create an an energetic orb and what I do is I channel um, Reiki energy into this orb and then I attach the orb to the mandala itself with the instructions of that energy will then be released when you set the intention to receive that energy so you can print any type of mandala off of the internet if you want to and uh, color those in or if you want you can use one of my Reiki infused ones so you're getting the healing from working with the sacred geometry from the mandala itself but you're also getting the healing from the Reiki energy that I have charged into the mandala as well um, but you can, there's a flurry of mandala coloring books out there. So it really does depend on what floats your boat. What I would say is in terms of how do you know which one to work with? You have to follow the feeling. Right. And I say this about so many things in life. You have to follow the feeling. The feelings that you receive, the emotions that come up for you is an indicator to you. That's how your soul speaks to you, through feeling. So if you look at this mandala and you go, oh, my God, I really want to color that in. That looks amazing. Yeah, where are my coloring pens? It's an indication to you that there is something in this mandala that your conscious mind might not understand, but your subconscious mind does, and it knows you need that. When you're coloring it in, it doesn't need to be perfect, does it? It just needs to be something that you, even if it looks, oh, you know, when you're in school, you're like, Oh, I can't color in between the lines, but even now, like some some days you write really beautifully or really mm. scribble when you're taking yeah. out, it's all yeah. it or it's all really beautiful. So yeah. when how do you um, if you're like you you you're enjoying it, you're like oh man, I could do better. I could color this in so much better. So you've got that mm. um, brain or mind fight. So what do you do? You just like shut toes up, just shut up and just. <laughs> <laughs> so when I facilitate my mandala drawing workshops, this is one of the things that I will always have to address or uh, that I choose to address as well, because it's again, it's another indicator of the fluctuations of the mind. Right. So if you find that you're coloring in and the coloring in isn't good enough, or that you, you're finding that you're apprehensive to go there because you feel that you're not in the right mindset today because you might go over the lines or you're trying to create this essence of perfection around this coloring in. That's something for you to observe. 
I mean, what, who says it has to be perfect? Who says that the colouring has to be stay within the lines? I've created the lines, but what's the, what does the line mean to you? So it's an indication of what's going on for you and what's operating in your life. And how can that mindset or that belief or that block, how, how is that impacting or affecting the way that you live your life? So what I do is I always challenge people and encourage them to continue to move forward anyway and to continue to color or to have a go at drawing despite the resistance that you are feeling. Work through the resistance color through the resistance, draw through the resistance and see what happens as a result. And what I find phenomenal when I facilitate these workshops is that people will work through those resistances and it always ends in tears, tears of joy, tears of frustration has been released or creative blocks have been, un have been broken or just tears of joy of being able to connect back to their creative child that they've ignored for so long. Wow. And just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it blows me away. Every single time I facilitate this workshop, it absolutely blows me away. It really Do does. Do you remember, I don't know how old you are and I'm not going to ask, but I have a feeling it could be around the same age. But when you were a kid, like under 10, do you remember that fad or that trend about it was a stained glass Remember stained glass, and you used to put you had the glass, and then you had oh. the I mean, you're from the UK. We used to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and you no. like we we put this lid shape on the right. glass, and then we would put the um the color in the spaces between the lid. No, and then no. Okay. no, I don't know. That. I I I'm from the UK, so that might be. I'm 41. Does that? <laughs> Yeah, we're close, close in age, close. In age. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't remember that. No. Okay, no worries. So, um, yeah, this is like pretty, um, pretty powerful stuff because um, it's it all, is. It's all whatever's like good for the mind, and even like if I'm drawing or coloring in a messy way, it's still helpful because it's sort of me time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I was, I was just about to touch on the the whole meditation thing. So and one other reason why I really encourage people to work with the mandalas, and I actually have created um, a mandala, a Reiki-infused coloring, well, a mandala coloring book. So again, each of these mandalas are infused, go that way, each of these mandalas are infused with 24 hours of Reiki healing. So when you work with the mandala, not only do you get to work with the sacred geometry but again you get the reiki healing as well and the reason why i i've created this and encourage people to work with the mandalas is because it is a really easy and uh, easy and accessible focused form of meditation so when you think about what is meditation well meditation is not something that you do meditation is a state in which you become so you have to do something in order to get into a meditative state. Now, what you choose to do, it might be a breathing technique. It might be just sitting and observing the thoughts. It might be you choose to go dancing. You might choose to um, listen to music. Even that is meditation because you, you, you manage to shut out the world, go within yourself and observe. And that is when we become into this medita meditative state. So when you work with coloring in, when you work with drawing mandalas, what you're doing is you are using a focused technique to bring you to a meditative state. 
So that is in itself meditation. So that's why everyone feels so good when they work with them. So I created the book because I want to encourage people to work with the sacred geometry to get the healing through the mandalas, to work with the Reiki energy to get the healing from the Reiki so that they can create all sorts of freedom in their lives, but then also so that they have an easy and accessible form of meditation that they can pick up and put down five minutes, 10 minutes, two hours. It doesn't matter. It's entirely up to you. You're in control. But what you're doing is you're giving yourself easy access to a state of mind and a state of body that you want. Okay, like two things from that. Mm. I think when we're, um, when we're uh, tapping into something sacred and historic, yeah. there's some real respect for that. So I think it's sort of like when you, with grandparents, um, with our elders, we respect because they've gone before us and they yeah. know much more than us. So this is, you know, this is way, way, way before our time and it's traveled mm. through to this day and age where there is so much worry, stress, turmoil, chaos, and just absolute, just, you just don't know what's going to happen next because it's just, mm. it, it is mm. stressful and stuff. So, um, so yeah it's it's encouraging that there is there's so many practices that you know and someone it might suit some people and not others but it's yeah people also need to open their minds right it's, it's definitely a practice that will suit some and not suit others. But again, I would encourage you, to, if it's not for you, what's the resistance? Why are you resisting this? What is the blockage that's there? Is it because you don't want to access the creative child? Is it because you don't feel that you've got any creation? Like when people, when I talk about my mandala uh, workshops, oh, no, 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 I'm not artistic. We don't need to be. You just, just come and have a go. There is no artistic ability needed. Look at that objection that, that, that is coming up from within you. Look at the perfectionism that you think you need in order to be able to draw a mandala. Watch the, the resistance. Um, so that, so when, I, when you say it is for some, it isn't for others, just give it a go. You know, you just got, you've got to give it a try and see what happens as a result. It's like anything. Um, and tapping into something sacred. It, the, again, the reason why I love this is it's, it's accessible for absolutely anybody, whether you give two hoots about sacred geometry and the universe and the cosmos and spirituality or not, it doesn't matter. A kid, in fact, I have people buy these books for their children. They can pick up a coloring pencil and have a go and they're still receiving the meditation, the healing and everything from, from, everything that is there whether you know it or not so it's it, like i say it's really accessible to whether you care not care enjoy not enjoy whatever yeah it could be like a um just a daily habit or it could be um something just that they do like sort of like when you're learning an instrument it's said that you should do it the same time every day hmm. you'll improve so i think with this the more you do it, the more you understand it and improve. And life's about learning and improving, right? So mm. the more you put into something, the more you get out of it. Yeah. That's so, that's so special because there needs to be more uh, quiet time. And we're going to get on to the nature topic. Yeah. And this will lead yeah. on. 
Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we do live in a digital age and we are at crunch point at the moment. I mean, since 2008, there was it was a turning point where more people were living in urban areas than they were living in natural areas. And we have a massive disconnect from nature. And this is one way that we can regain that connection. And as I said right at the beginning, what my mission is through simplifying spirituality, I really want to help people to reconnect back to themselves and the mandalas is just one way to do that um so oh, i forgot what you were saying or where i was going with that the daily practice yeah yeah and and it's it's entirely up to you i mean you could and me personally if i'm going to do my spiritual practices yeah i have a certain time of day that that is is for me only and that's when i do my spiritual practices because it's important for me to do it like that but something like this is so easy to just pick up and put down you can pick it up in times of stress you can create a, a juicy hour where it's just you and the incense or the oils burning in the background you know with the music going or you've got the kids screaming and the washing machines going you're like i just need five minutes and you can pick it up it's, it's so easily accessible but for me just just doing it is important rather than necessarily doing it at the same time every day but what you are going to do if you do this consistently any type of meditation or any type of spiritual practice you are increasing the chances of you getting to know yourself and understanding yourself and therefore connecting back to yourself and when you have that connection back to yourself you know yourself you know who you are you can create your boundaries you can hear that inner voice you can connect to your intuition you can hear what your soul is saying and therefore you can see what's needed in your life or not needed so that you can make powerful choices to improve your state of well-being so that you can just feel happy and feel whole in life yeah. so regular spiritual practices is what is that's what it will create it's beautiful it's powerful stuff because um I think when people are sad or depressed the energy mm. seems to drop off and the sort of the interest in anything it seems to fade away so you can suggest something to someone sad or even yourself if you're feeling sad and the energy and the, the commitment's just not really there. So um, so what would you say to people who, like, you know, sadness, I think, sort of related to uh, negativity. So, um, mm. I don't know, I think, I, think it, I think this could be, like, a really encouraging thing, even if people think, oh, well, I'm not artistic, but I think just you've got to do something. If you're not feeling 100%, I think you just have to learn something and um, just, yeah, give it a go. And, um, and then they'll get, you know, some encouragement and some confidence from actually trying. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. really simplify it when, with depression and sadness, you've really just got to simplify it and just sort of reset so I think, yeah. yeah, color, definitely color, because um, visual people just need that. There's, again, there's so much I can say about that. I mean, when we are the creators of our life, we create everything. We create everything good and we create everything bad in our lives. And when we come to terms with that, we can then make powerful choices about certain things because everything is a choice. Hmm. 
However, when you are in a depressed or less than happy state, because you don't have the brain chemicals flowing around the, the, the brain, obviously, because you don't have them, you feel limited. You, f you don't see the infinite sea of potential and possibility that you are surrounded by, because we are. Quantum physics has proven that we are surrounded by limitless number of potential futures. Every single future that you could ever dream of for yourself is out there. And you can experience any single one of them. And the one you will experience is where you put your focus. That's the one that you will draw into your reality. So when we're depressed, we think about the negative. So we bring in the negative. So in order to be able to create the life of your dreams, to create the life that you want, first of all, you actually need to be able to dream that future. You need to be able to see the future that you want. And if you're unhappy, if you're depressed, you can't dream because you can't get access to this. You can't visualize this sea potential. Anything that we manifest starts as a thought. And if you can't think it, if you can't visualize it, then you can't create it. So also, if you are... Mm. Um, action, I think. Action. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, be away with the fairies and dream all day long. Um, but yeah, I think you've got to have courage and you've got to take action. You first of all have to visualize. You have to be able to see it within your, with your, with your mind's eye. If you can't visualize it, you can't manifest did um, and unfortunately imagination and visualization it's sucked out of us from a very early age we're told as kids to stop daydreaming right stop daydreaming get realistic get on with your homework do this do that so our imagination our visualization muscle is actually depleted so one of the first things that we can do in order to create the life that you want is to start practicing dreaming and then if but if you're upset or if you're depressed, or if you're in a negative state of mind, how can you dream? Because you can't see the, the possibility. Well, one of the first things you can do is pick up a mandala and color it in, or start to draw a mandala, because what that does is it gives you access to the mind. It gives you access to unblocking the negative state that you are in. It gives you access to your emotions so that you can start to work through that. And you actually start to increase the amount of happy hormones that are flowing through your brain. So you increase the amount of serotonin and dopamine. And when you start to increase your happiness levels, then you start to see potential for your future. Then you start to dream bigger and then you start to manifest more. So one of the things, one of the things I say, if you find yourself depressed, if you find yourself unhappy, exactly like you've just said, action, pick up a mandala, start to color it in, see what happens. Yeah. And that's a gentle way to um, accept emotion. Um, mm. Because a lot of people just maybe struggle. I mean, I've definitely been through my own struggles. Absolutely been through the ringer ten times in my life. But um, yeah. you always come out stronger. At the time, you think, oh, I'm doomed. It's totally doomed. <laughs> I'm going to get out of this. And then, obviously, like, you keep breathing, right? You get yeah. through it. And it's, yeah. just, it's so good to, um, to realize that, like, what humans can actually go through and the more you talk to people that's what's good about this show is um all the incredible people with so much depth and insight to what they do and you're sharing mm. this to an audience right now mm. yeah it's really stunning it's stunning and i think it's really i don't know i can't think it's inspiring but it's yeah it's just there's a phenomenal sea of talented people 
um, who have so much to share. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, definitely. Like, I don't know about the, the stats in Phuket, but um, well, I mean, Thailand, I keep defaulting <laughs> to Phuket. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, definitely with COVID and the lockdowns, there's definitely been a lot of um, mental health issues the last couple of years, certainly in this country. So, um, mm. yeah, I just think people need, uh, yeah, access, encouragement, and uh, need to be understood. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And when you're working with something like the mandalas, and it, it doesn't have to be the mandalas, you find whatever works for you. But if you if it resonates and, and you start to work with the mandalas, what it does is, as I said, it's a focused meditative practice and you gain, you, you allow yourself to gain access to those emotions that you might be um, pushing away or avoiding or just not willing to go there, not wanting to look at. But in order to release these emotions, to let them go so that they're no longer stuck in the body and and they're not controlling our lives anymore. We actually have to go to those emotions. We have to feel them. And working with something like sacred geometry and any type of meditation really helps us to see or to feel those emotions and to gain access to them so that we can let them go. Yeah, awesome. That's right. Sandra's asking how do we access. So. I've put a link in the chat, but yeah, I think it's a process, Sandra. It's um, like Harry said, it's it's a process of accessing what you need to um, move through in your own life. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, how, how, so how do we access? Is the question? How do we access what? I mean, if you if you're trying to access emotions, then. You, you, First of all, you need to be willing for those emotions to arise. You need to be willing to feel those emotions. I mean, we are pure, we're nothing but pure consciousness. It depends on your school of thought and where you're coming from. Um, but we are nothing but pure awareness, consciousness, right, at the end of the day. And what does consciousness do, pure, pure awareness? What does it do? It creates, it experiences, and it discreates. That's all we do in life as consciousness. And we need to be willing to experience the emotions that what is what gives us life and if you don't experience those emotions then we we push them down we, and that's how we get all of the physical ailments in our bodies because we're blocking the flow of energy and we need to allow that flow of energy we need to feel those emotions before we'll be able to remove the negative emotions yeah I think, um, um also just want to touch on um busyness mm. so often blocking and pushing aside um, often mm. happens when people are busy. It's actually really unhealthy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's a distraction technique. It's sabotage. It's because you're not willing to feel something because you don't want to feel it. It's our egos that judges this experience, which ultimately is just movement of energy. It's our ego that will judge it as good or bad, but to pure awareness, it just is energy. It just is an experience. There is no good. There is no bad. You're here to experience everything. And then when we get to an experience that we don't want to have because we've judged it as bad or uncomfortable or painful, that's when we stop that experience. 
And then if that experience or that energy is starting or asking to be felt again, because that's its job, right? We're here to experience this energy. If it comes back up, we're like, whoa, no. So what we do is we go to our distraction techniques. We go to the busyness. We go to the eating the food. We go to drinking the alcohol. We go, whatever your distraction technique is, going out with friends, uh, cleaning the house, maybe becoming a workaholic, whatever. It's because we're, we're denying the fact that we, we don't want to we, we don't want to feel this emotion whereas if we just sit and feel the emotion whatever it may be with enthusiasm then it's over very very quickly and then we find we don't need distractions anymore yeah very important not to take frustrations out on other people rather like pick up a sport or um some sort of other expression yeah. <laughs> like Muay Thai. <laughs> yeah, like people, um, people are very sensitive and delicate, and they may not realize, but I think we're all the same inside. Like, you know, and we're all obviously, you know, travel and that, it'll, it hardens you in certain ways. Mm, mm. Um, but it's, and it's good to be adaptable to certain situations and that comes from sort of your upbringing as well. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we really, we should do a, a part two of this. There's totally a lot more to touch on, but what about, let's move on to nature, the beauty mm. of nature, how it energizes and puts you, it sort of holds you in its arms. You know, it holds you in its arms and you're there. I love to go on hikes by myself and some of the best walks I've had just been just a little adventures and, mm -hmm. yeah, finding a, a lovely little beach and, yeah, just loving it, just really mm -hmm. letting it hold me. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, and enjoying just the visual. Sure, I love to take lots of photos and videos, but it's just if you just take it in, you can take it in and then, um, you know, the best camera is your eyes, you know. Yeah, and there's a reason for that. But let me ask you a question. So you say that you love to go on hikes and you've been on by yourself, etc. Why do you like to go out in nature? What 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 does it give you? Uh, well, one, fitness. Um, I just love to, you know, I love the whole thing of packing a bag, making my own lunch and, you know, just... Think, okay, yep, I've got the map. I mean, this is where I'm going. Um, yeah, it's just, um, and you don't know exactly what it's going to be like. And, mm. you know, sometimes it's kind of scary, definitely if you go by yourself, but you just sort of have that faith that you're going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, and, like, yeah. and not a lot of people do that. Oh, that's fucking, that's stupid. That's foolish. Don't go by yourself. But, you know, you always tell someone where you're going. And it depends yeah. on how long the hike's going to be. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> You know, you just, you don't always have uh, time to wait. You don't have time to wait for other people to go with you on where you want to go. So sometimes mm. you know, solitude is a very powerful teacher, I've found, yes. like years and years and years. And, um, yeah, you definitely get put in some situations that test you. But, um, yeah, and it, you just, I think uh, the beauty of, traveling by yourself is you you learn how to talk to people because you have mm. to 
Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I've traveled extensively. Uh, it's, it's my lifestyle. I'm a nomad. I'm location independent. I could be anywhere in the world to do to do my work. And for me, travel is one of the most liberating and self-connecting and growing and evolving activities that you can do because of everything that it brings to you it brings to you people it brings to you cultures it brings to you experiences it brings to you connection to yourself in a way that nothing else can so to me travel is essential it's it's life you know uh, like like this weekend whoa i thought i was just going to a muay thai fight absolutely not i got an initiation of fire and um, put into the jungle sleeping out under the stars l- eating from the land um being blessed in monasteries being initiated into muay thai lineages it just it's it, it just you couldn't when you travel i find that things happen to you that It's what makes movies, right? It was what creates the stories that go in books. And it's these things that really connect you to humanity, connect you to a sense of something that is bigger than yourself and connects you to exactly who and what you are as well. So that travel and Muay Thai, yeah, just huge, huge for me. It's it's very important to be teachable and to actually know how how to listen to someone in another land and um, yeah, being able to respect and observe their culture and admire their, their, their practices, their ways yeah. of being, you know, it's... Um, and it makes you realize that the type of box that you've been put in, you know, when, when you stay, this is my personal experience anyway. And I, I went to, um, I traveled 2016, 2017, 2018, and I went to like 15 or 16 countries or something. And it made me realize that the life that I had been living when I was in the UK, I've been totally put in this box and I was never told or shown that there was an alternative way of being, an alternative way of living, an alternative way of seeing the world. And then when you go out there and you experience these different cultures, you realize that, oh, my entire life has been a lie. Like, well, I'm looking at you and how you live your life. It's like, why can't I do that? It's like, it's so much simpler or it just makes more sense. And then you see that there is just an alternative way to be. And then you get to choose how you want to be rather than be told. Yeah. And it's, but also from another point of view, when you're a traveler from your set of eyes, you know, you're seeing something fresh for the first Mm. time even if you're there in that community for a few days it's always different if you live there but in mm. a yeah i mean it's there's just so many like the tiniest little details and it's just even down to like cooking practices and oh, yeah wow, they just make it look so easy it's yeah yeah so graceful and the way you just cook up something you're on someone like their their kitchen is on the street and just selling something just so yeah. incredible like and it and, and how to be self-reliant like i remember we were with this remote tribe in the very northern part of Laos, 
and we just rocked up and we had to cheek, speak to the chief of the village to see if we were allowed to stay there. He shimmied his family out. So we slept in their beds, like no sheets changed or anything, you know, we just, you're in there. And they just went out into the forest for half an hour, an hour, came back and there was dinner and they cooked it all for us there. And then, you know, off they go kill the chicken or whatever, there's dinner. Um, and you just realize like, ah, I don't have to go to the supermarket and I don't have to go like how disconnected, how far removed am I from life really, you know, like real life. Yeah. So do you live, you said you, earlier, you live jun in the jungle. So you're. Yeah, I do live in the jungle. Yeah. yeah. Like how, so how close to the nearest town for you there? Oh, like a three minute drive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not far at all. No. Trees. <laughs> yeah, trees and um, nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really not far for me. So I, I go to the supermarket. <laughs> That's how I live right now. But you know, it, it, but it doesn't have to be like that. You can literally step out into the jungle and you can go and forage for your food. And if, if you've got the know-how, if you know what you're doing, and I do, because I have many many Thai friends, and we'll go out and go collect and stuff, and we'll go for hikes, and then we'll cook that for dinner. And I just love it. Yeah, I really love it. It, and in this this takes us into the nature thing, right? About how disconnected we can or we have as a collective, as humanity, have become from nature and forgetting how in tune or how at one we are with nature when we allow it to be. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason why we are so connected to nature is because we are all one and being so disconnected from nature through urban living through um the lack of know-how of how to connect to nature through um technology etc because we have this massive disconnection it is causing and creating so many physical and mental issues that it's really important to think about how to connect back to nature so that we can connect back to the essence of who we are as human beings and connect back to our soul. Because if we connect to nature, then we're going to have a positive impact on our very physiology as well as our mental well-being. Absolutely. Agree 100% actually. Um, yeah, I think there's just so many, even, you know, if someone can't venture out very far from their own neighborhood or their yeah. own back, depending on the circumstances, even their own backyard, if you yeah. can only make it to your local park, there's going to be uh, just so much liveliness happening there if you look yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you even if you can't get outside at all, then bring the outside in. You know, fill your apartment or your house with plants, with the sound of nature, play birdsong, play the sound of running water, play the sound of thunderstorms or whatever, because we have evolved as human beings, we have evolved to connect to nature through our senses. When we are in nature, it is the only place, the only time where we are connected using all five senses. So therefore it's the only time when we feel fully alive. So we use our eyes, our nose, we use our taste, we use our sound, we use our touch to connect to nature. And when, and we've evolved these abilities to connect to nature through these senses. And when we do, we literally change the very 
brain chemicals and physiology within our body, which helps us to calm down, which helps us to reduce stress and anxiety, blood pressure, heart rate, cardiovascular systems. It helps us to stimulate our parasympathetic nervous system, which creates a sense of rest and peace and calm. So being with nature literally makes us feel better. So if you can't get outside, bring the nature inside. How can you look at nature inside your house? How can you smell nature inside your house? How can you taste it? How can you hear it? And if you do have the opportunity to get outside to your garden, maybe to just a little plant pot that you might have on your balcony, or if you can get to the local local park, that that's already increasing your connection dramatically than what some of us have already when we just stay inside or we're on the computer all day or, or we're in the office block or whatever. Yeah, I think being in an office, you you certainly have to get out for, um, absolutely have to get out for a stroll. Mm. And um, it'll just, it does wonders. It does absolute wonders. And you've got to yeah. um, think, oh, no, I'm far too busy. I can't walk away and I can't leave the office. But you have to um, realise that, it's actually going to help you. It's going to help you, and you deserve it. You deserve to yeah. fill up your tank with some goodness. Uh, yeah. I mean, I forget the name of what the scientists call it, but basically um, what we do is, as human beings, we have a tendency to overestimate what we think is going to make us feel better and we underestimate other things. So the things that we overestimate, we think we're going to feel better when we're on Instagram for an hour, for example, or we watch this movie, we're going to feel better. And we underestimate the impact that things like meditation or nature will have on us. It's a natural thing that us as human beings have a tendency to do. So what we do is we go to the things that aren't actually going to help us and we don't go to the things that really are going to help us. And nature is one of those things, right? So when you're feeling um, lethargic at work or you're feeling like there's no ideas are coming there's no creation you, you, you have no creativity or you're feeling um, in a bad mood or I don't know maybe you're just grouchy you're tired you're yawning your body aches what do you do oh I'm not going to do this project I'll go and get a coffee or I'll eat a packet of biscuits or I'll go and have a natter with my co-worker or whatever but actually if you step outside breathe deep as long as you're in nature obviously not, not in the city breathe deep take Take a few steps, look at some plants. Yeah, it sounds a bit simplistic, but it's true. Uh, you're actually changing the, the, the level of inspiration and creativity coming into your mind. You're revitalizing your entire mental well-being and your physical well-being. So when you go back to the desk, you feel like a different person. You do. You totally do. I mean, I, I've got a list here, right? I've got a list here of all of the, well, not all of them, but some of the physiological and some of the uh, psychological changes that can happen when you get access to nature, whether it be through, as I said, looking at a plant or going for a 10-minute walk around your park or spending an entire day doing a, a, a loop hike or whatever. In, first of all, when we connect with nature in this way, what we're doing is we're increasing our feelings of hope of vitality, self-esteem, equanimity, pleasure, optimism, happiness, or and connection to something that is bigger than ourselves. On a physiological sense, what we're doing is we, as I said, we're stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system. So we're actually encouraging 
to reduce stress, but increase that sense of rest, increase our digestive system and peace and calm. We're decreasing the stress hormone cortisol in our brains and our bodies. We're decreasing blood pressure and heart rate. We're decreasing all of the cardiovascular associated processes. We are increasing our immune cells. We're increasing our ability to heal physically. And we're increasing the serotonin and the dopamine in our brains and it also helps to alleviate certain skin conditions and asthma um, and some other uh, physical related conditions on a mental well-being when you give yourself regular nature breaks what we're doing is we're increasing creativity we're increasing our connection to intuition. We're increasing our ability to memorize and to recall memory when we need it. We are able to solve problems quicker. We have better spatial recognition. We're able to stick to goals more. We can plan better. We have increased attention and focus. We reduce the, we even reduce the effects of aging on certain cognitive functions. And we're also able to increase optimism. And as I was talking to you about before, if we want to create a life that we love, we need to be happy so that we can see the future that we want. And then when we're in nature, we increase that sense of happiness and optimism so that we can see that future. Yes, and you need to build up your reservoirs of uh, peace, patience, love, understanding, gratitude, mm. blah, 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 mm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, even if you only have a few minutes a day, if you can just give yourself that luxury of enjoying um flowers leaves mm -hmm, mm -hmm, bumblebee mm -hmm. even a bumble oh my god i love bumblebees but you know the, the monarch monarch butterflies have you got some amazing butterflies there in thailand yeah yeah oh oh the butterflies are yeah they're numerous there's so many wonderful things to look at yeah yeah, yeah and dragonflies? do you have dragonflies there Oh, oh, loads, yeah, yeah. Really? I see dragonflies every day. Yeah, they come to visit my house and kingfishers and monitor lizards and, oh, snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those lizards are pretty out there. Yeah, there's some really um, yeah, lizards in Australia as well. Yeah. Yeah, the wildlife here is, is very varied. It's 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 wonderful. I um, actually went to a zoo. I went to a zoo in Phuket. That's right. Oh, really? Yeah, and actually, I went on um, an elephant um, trip. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Have you? You've certainly done. You've done that sort of thing. Uh, I don't. I, I personally don't do those types of things because for me, um, I don't. I want nature to be nature. I don't really want to interact with it unless I come. I naturally come across nature, and even then, I'll be very respectful. So to do, yeah, I don't. I don't like going into even the rescue places. I just think. If I stay out of it, then I'm not contributing to it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the way always, I feel. There's always going to be, like, controversial yeah. in some countries. Yeah. Oh, like, of course, of course. And, you know, we can we, – we all have our part to play, and you've got to do what feels right for you. I mean, I have been to conservation camps, you know, where the, they've saved the elephants, and you're, you pay your money, you go and volunteer, and you're contributing to the upkeep of the elephants. I've, I've done that. But it was through doing that that I decided that for me, I would rather just give money rather than feel like that that elephant is being put out of its way to for me to be able to see it bathing or for me to get a photo. I just it's just for me. No, I would rather not. Yeah, and it sort of comes down to you know you've got to have 
those boundaries and yeah. what you want to work on and yeah can't, you yeah, can't be, you can't be too far spread across so many. <laughs> yeah, so anybody, yeah. Um, anything you want to finish up on, I'm going to put all your links in the show notes, absolutely. Yeah, um, um, I mean, with, with regards to the nature, just get out there, right? I, I could again, I could talk all day about the science behind how nature changes your physiology and your psychology, but all you need to know is how you feel as a result of going out in nature. And if you feel better in any way, then you know it's doing you good. So just give it a try. And then with regards to the mandalas, exactly the same, just give it a try. So the links that you said that you're going to be sharing, first of all, there's a link to this free, um, I don't know if it's actually this one or if it's a different one, but a Reiki infused coloring mandala. So you can download that. There's full instructions of what to do, how to use it. And you get to color that in, receive the, the healing from the sacred geometry and the healing from the Reiki as well. Um, there's also another link to another mandala that I shared, which is free for everyone. One of the things that I do uh, is I, all of the mandalas that I draw is fr are free hands. So I kind of tap in to the energy of the frequent of the resonance that I want to offer to create uh, should, should I sh can I share my screen yeah do it okay yeah. okay hang on that's the one I want so let me uh, do that and I do that that should be it there we go um so yeah so what I do is I tap into the the, the energy that I want people to gain access to and then I draw I ask to see the visual representation of what that energy, what that resonance looks like. And then I draw the mandala and it all just all comes out. So what you've got here, what I'm sharing here is a mandala that is a visual representation of the energy of freedom, peace and love. So if you print this mandala, if you color it in, if you save it to your screensaver on your phone, on your computer, if you print it, put it on the wall or whatever, what you're doing is you are actually allowing the, the vibration, the resonance of freedom, peace and love to fill your room, to fill the environment that you're in. And not only will it fill your room, but it's also going to, as I said before, your eyes up this resonance, it's going to stimulate your pineal gland, and then you're going to flood the, the chemicals in your body that will give you this sense of freedom, peace, and love. So you literally are changing your very DNA and cellular makeup. And as you change yourself, you change the world. So I'm sharing that with everyone as well. Yeah, I think it's like um, a lot of, like a few other things that help with um, centering yourself, like breathing properly, um, even posture, posture. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um Yeah, there's just so many things and it certainly a lot of it comes down to mindset from all the stuff I've read and listened to. Yeah, it's just like you have to you have to fight the negativity and you, you have to say positive things out of your mouth. You can't just rattle off negativity because it's not gonna impact you very positively, is it? 
Well, like I was saying before, you know, when you think about the quantum field that we are surrounded by, there is an infinite number of potential futures available to you. And the one that you are going to draw forward is the one that you put your attention on, the one where you focus your energy. So if you're continuously saying negatively, you're going to bring that negative thing to you. But at the same time, we need to notice these, these negative things. We need to be aware of the negative feelings that we have and we need to welcome them so we can let them go. And then you can change, okay, well, what do I want to replace it with? Yeah. Um, so it is all about the mindset. It is. But we have to be willing to look at the negative and see why it's there and how we can change it. Amazing. Um, mm -hmm. We've covered a lot tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I, th I think you should keep in touch and <laughs> be back on in a few months. I would love to. The only other thing that I've given people as well is a link to the coloring book. So if anyone wants to get access to that coloring book, then you can. And also one of the things that I'm going to be doing for New Zealand only at the moment, only available in New Zealand, uh, I'm going to be setting up um, a meditation mandala meditation session so that people can come along, they can join and they can um, sit and color, draw, just meditate with mandalas because one of the biggest blocks, I mean, when was the last time you did some meditation? When was the last time you, you gave yourself that me time that you know you need or that nature time that you know you need? Well, I the yoga of, class that you yeah. know you need. Yeah, um, well, I, I played a bit of tennis this evening and um, I just, then I went and sat on the swing and then I made a phone call and then just sort of, you know, potted around and just look to the sky. I looked at the sky. Amazing. You know, I would rather be in this park than at home right now, you know. It's because it's just giving me so much more than my soul needs. Yeah. Rather than getting like frustrated with, you know, home tasks and all that sort of rubbish. So Yeah. 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 So, so that's that's living evidence of feeling the impact of nature. Yeah. So we go to nature because of the way it makes us feel, right? Exactly. The stars. Oh my gosh. Just like yeah. The stars are just they're just too much sometimes. They're too much. And like I, especially in New Zealand, they're they're incredible there, and and that's why I was saying like I, you know we could talk about the science behind how nature impacts you, but all you need to know is how it makes you feel. And that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, but one of the things that I find with um, all of my clients and everything is, and, and me, I do the same, is that sometimes we don't prioritize the things that are going to make us feel the best, right? So through creating these meditation sessions, uh, well, not med they're creating the coloring sessions, creating the coloring club where people can come and they can sit with the mandalas, they can color, they can draw, um, they can do whatever it is that they feel they need to do with the mandalas they can just sit and get also a huge healing practice um creating that space and that dedicated time for people to actually sit with them and to get help with this uh with this focus form of meditation is what i aim to do with these sessions so um yeah information about those to come because that's going to be something that i'm setting up very very soon for new zealand only at the moment wow this is brilliant and i think are we going to hear about it through um Will we hear about it through your channels directly? Yeah, in fact, um, so I am going to be talking about it on my channels. If anyone wants to follow me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, uh, 
I can also send a link. So if people want to hear about it directly, uh, well, even if you sign up for the free uh, Reiki infused mandala, I'll be talking about it in my newsletters as well. So you get information that way. Um, and yeah, they can message me, DM me, say, yeah, I'm in Carrie. I want to join. So that when I've created it, which is going to be in the next couple of weeks, then, then you can get on. The other thing that I'm going to be doing as well is facilitating some of these mandala drawing workshops that I was talking about. Uh, I'm going to do those free so people can come along. They can join the workshop and just have a couple of hours of fun, uh, some creative childlike coloring and drawing fun. And getting nice. some healing at the same time. So, yeah, so I'm giving those out for free as well. Yeah. So wow. I could give you the link for people to join up to that too, if you like. Yeah, you send me that. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and I will put it in the show notes and I'll tell people how to find that. And cool. Um, wow. Just so much, so much good stuff. And it's really good to um, <laughs> have a listen to you because, yeah, I knew I knew you were a very bright lady. I knew you had a lot to share. Lot to share. So, yeah, this is just, it's really uplifting for me to listen and to share this on this platform. So good on you. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I just, I'm so pleased for the access to be able to talk about this stuff because it's so easy for people to do that I just want as many people as possible to know the impact that mandalas can have uh, on them and and work with them in the way that's right for them yeah yeah exactly like um don't give up give it a go give it a go yeah. right yeah follow the feeling give it a go never never try never know as my muay thai trainer says a lot never try never know <laughs> he also says no pain no muay thai <laughs> yeah, no pain no gain oh totally the gain yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, bless you, peeps, and you're in beautiful Thailand, and uh, we just wish you, um, you know, we wish you all the best with the. And I wish you the best. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Keep in touch, Carrie. Thank you Bye. so much, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, if you want to listen to the audio, go to talkback.nz tomorrow. Plus, there are multiple apps that you can listen to this podcast on um you can subscribe obviously on apple Podcasts, spotify all the android apps just go digging around and find the app of your dreams we, we were in overtime we were in like 42 minutes overtime that was so fun this is fun this is a real girls chat but it you know it obviously it's something for everyone to give a go and you just Get those pens out and um yeah maybe you'll find something out about yourself you didn't know and it might even help you okay so we will sign off and tomorrow we've got michelle henderson and she's bringing on a musician so you may see me there as well but michelle's going to be running it after that we got a whole bunch of surprises in the next couple of weeks just stay tuned for the updates on our facebook page thank you so much for listening i'm hyped but i need to calm down because i need to go to sleep so maybe i'll do some coloring bye